G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Wrestling Oddstyle on Spotify, SoundCloud and Podbean with myself, Chris Funderhog. You can find me on social media at I am Chris Funder, as well as the show on Facebook and Twitter. But now it's time to introduce the host of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, the man who's too hot to handle and too cold to hold, it's Mr. Alex Fruity Williams. Alex, how are you today? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am feeling fantastic. It is I, Alex Larry Emder Williams, um, getting keen to host this game show today. So let's have a bit of fun with this. This is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be going to be a bit of fun. Um, a little bit of a change from our original uh, plan. So, would you like to let the listeners know what we are doing? Uh, now instead. Yeah, so in light of the hashtag speaking out movement that's going around and the way I 100% support all the victims that are speaking out and takes a lot of bravery and courage and all that, but uh, Chris and I were talking and I brought sort of brought up to him that I wasn't really feeling that comfortable drafting independent wrestlers and then in this like current climate because you know we could draft someone and then in a week's time bang next thing you know like they've been as they say cancelled on Twitter and and um, then the next episode, we're going to have to ro- like book that person on a show or whatever. So to sort of avoid all that sort of stuff where we, unfortunately, like I think I can think of a couple of names that we would have ended up picking in our draft that we probably would have copped a bit of backlash for. I'm not going to name anything, but yeah. And... So in light of all that, we're going to take the, I guess, moderately safe route. Like, there's definitely some controversial characters we can pick from. But we're going to do a Hall of Fame fantasy draft. We're going to pick 12 singles, six tag teams, unfortunately only four women because... WWE problematically have a lack of women in their Hall of Fame and for non-wrestling personalities. So we're going to pick from the pretty large list of WWE Hall of Famers. And any questions on that, Hoggy? So um, as you mentioned um. Just before, yeah, first of all, we are delaying our March review. That will be coming out in the um, coming days. Uh, Yeah, like I said, we have seen a lot of um, stuff on Twitter. It takes a lot of bravery to speak out about that. Um, We're not going to name any names on our platform because we haven't been involved in any of this or um, heard firsthand accounts of any of this. And quite frankly, it's not really our story to tell, you know? Like, um, this is the victim's story to tell. And 
if you if you want to find out who's out there and who's been named, it's not that hard to find yourself on the internet. Um, but from there, yeah, we're gonna gonna have a bit of bit of fun today, I suppose. Um, doing a fantasy Hall of Fame draft. Yeah, well, because quite frankly, uh, modern wrestling is a very depressing thing to talk about. So let's just delve into the colourful characters of yesteryear and have a look at this Hall of Fame, and let's try to build our own little rival promotion. Um, so I had asked you off-air, would we also be including the list of named um, inductees for the 2020 class before uh, that was cancelled with all the associated WrestleMania weekend events? I said yes, Um Pretty much the main reason for that is that if we don't include it, then we've only got 13 women to choose from. <laughs> um, like, there, there's a whole issue there. I already referenced it. Uh, not enough women to draft from, so we're only drafting four women. But as this series goes on, you know... Eventually, we'll have to bring in new wrestlers, debuts, and all that sort of stuff. So, including the 2020 class um, really helps the women's roster because you get two lovely Bellas to choose from. Now, with um, someone like uh, Sean Waltman or X-Pac, who's been inducted, in DX last year and then was going to be inducted in NWO this year. Um, so if I was to choose X-Pac from DX, I can't choose him also in NWO. Is that right? Yes, yes. But we are going to be doing... So pretty much the format is, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else listening... Um, We'll be drafting. We've already flipped a coin, and Hoggy won the right to choose whether he could pick from one faction, uh, pick one faction to draft, or pick the first draft pick. And what did you choose? I chose to pick the first draft pick. So that means I get a choice of any of the factions with a greater amount of people than two to pick from for um, pretty much for my federation. And if I say draft DX and that has Sean Mortman in it, uh, yeah, then later on Sean Mortman... Uh, and then you decide to draft the NWO with your pick. You will get the NWO just minus Sean Waltman, so you'll just get Nash Hall and Hogan. Yeah, the three main members. Which, by the way, problematic already, because how do you put Sean Waltman in without Eric Bischoff? Jeez. Yeah. And then also with... DX that would remove Shawn Michaels' singles career. Yeah, so you will have the DX version of Shawn Michaels, but 
there will be advantages and random things to be drawn in future episodes, which I'm working on, where you could get possibly draw out of a deck a gimmick change card or something along those lines. Like, so if you get a gimmick change card, you could eventually change the gimmick for Shawn Michaels. Fair enough. Yeah, so we're going to have probably in the third episode of this series, we're going to bring in some random advantages like gimmick changes or steal a wrestler from the other promotion or a wrestler doesn't show up so you have to book around it for your next show, stuff like that. Fair enough. Um, So, yeah, would you... I think that's all the rules explained, is it? Yeah, yeah. So the order of the draft will be we'll pick a faction each and then we'll do four singles. Then we'll do our six tags all in a row. Then we'll do four more singles, then our four women, then the final lot of four singles and then for non-wrestling talent. Sounds awesome. And then then after we've done our draft, uh, looks like you and I, Chris, will have to do some homework and start working on a card. Yeah, yeah, this, this will be fun. <laughs> yeah. So, to introduce uh, your promotion, Christopher J. Hogg, you are, you are not running your own promotion. Um, this is a hypothetical world in which one Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. did get locked up for steroids in the mid-90s. And somehow a time-travelling Chris Hogg has been brought into the WWF to be the lead writer and booker and promoter. So representing the WWF is our lovely Chris Hogg. And uh, it is once again the mid-90s. We are down south in Atlanta, Georgia. Bill Watts just got fired by Ted Turner. They're looking for someone to fill in the role. They're looking for someone that they perceive to not be a wrestling personality, but no, they don't pick Eric Bischoff this time. They pick a random time-travelling Alex Fruity Williams representing WCW. So this is a new version of the... It's not really the Monday Night Wars. This is just the North, the Northern promotion of WWF versus the Southern promotion of WCW. Um, now to kick things off, we're going to draft a faction each, and I, Alex Williams, on behalf of WCW, have no other choice than to draft. For my first fact, uh, my the, my first draft pick, and my 
number one faction on my brand, the Four Horsemen. Yeah, that that's an excellent choice there. Um, also, like we were talking about when you draft someone and they've been inducted into the Hall of Fame with a certain gimmick, I feel like you get you, you get probably the most uh, bang for your buck by dr- drafting the Four Horsemen because literally all four of them. And because it says here that they were inducted in a group of five, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, and James J. Dillon. So you get five picks, you get four guys that are pretty much on top of their game and one outstanding manager. And me representing WCW, why wouldn't I pick the Horsemen? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a really good choice there. Um... Yeah, I'm really happy with it. And I think that sort of... I did a very gentlemanly thing. I think that sort of left you open to get who I was pretty certain you were going to pick with your faction picks anyway. Yeah, there's there's one or two I was tossing up between, but I really just can't go past <laughs> one of the groups I grew up watching, and that's D-Generation X, who were inducted last year. So that's Triple H, Shawn Michaels, China, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, and X-Puck. Yeah, and I think a very similar point can be made about... Um, what I made about the Horsemen, about how I'm getting the most bang for my buck with every single person pretty much being on top of their game. And if I needed to, like, any one of those guys could squeeze into a singles title feud. You could pretty much do the same thing with DX. Um, Triple H isn't quite the game, but probably my favorite version of triple h yeah nostalgia wise like it's it's a pretty good triple h Shawn michaels like yeah that's Shawn michaels towards the end of his first run with the wwe but it's like wwf champion Shawn michaels like pretty much running the show it's fantastic and then you've got uh, you got four sleepers underneath those two big names in X Park, China, and the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's probably one of the better stacked factions in the um the Hall of Fame for a faction. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think either you or I might have considered the NWO a little bit more if they you know, put more than just the four NWO members in there. Like, I'm not saying put in all whatever 30 people were in there at one point, but if you put in the first... Rodman. I would happily draft Dennis Rodman. Yep. (laughs) I wouldn't be stoked about that if Dennis Rodman was in the Hall of Fame. Um, Yeah, if they even just had the first, like, eight or so people in there, like Ted DiBiase and the Giant and all that sort of stuff in the NWO. But unfortunately, I don't think it was worth a draft pick at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to to agree when there was better options on the table to begin with. So now the factions are done, what do we move on to next, Alex? So now we're going to do the top 
four for each brand's uh, singles competitors. And you have the first draft pick, my man. Oh, this is... This is hard because there's so many good choices out there. Um... The main reason I... We're, uh, for um, full disclosure, I was originally only going to do eight or maybe even ten singles competitors, but last night I looked at the Hall of Fame lists and I was like, oh, if we only did eight or ten, we could, both of us, easily just fill up our singles portion of our roster with main eventers. And I kind of don't want that to happen. <laughs> like, I'm sure we will. But I, I wouldn't mind it if if I ended up with a big boss man or something ridiculous, like, because there's... Because of um, all the big guns that have been picked already. Like, that's why I extended it to 12. Okay. I've got a, I've got a choice in mind here. It's one of the my favourites as a kid as well. Um, I'm going back to 2006's class for Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, man. You've got DX and Brett Hart. <laughs> Just writes itself, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Oh, man. The WWF has selected with their first draft pick, Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, all right, you're just going to have to give me a split second because you may have just thrown a spanner in the works. <laughs> <laughs> Stolen your pick from underneath you. Um, I may have been already preemptively thinking about Bret Hart in his prime versus heel Ric Flair in his prime, but you've ruined it. You ruined it, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna talk about nostalgia and I'd be stupid not to pick this person with my first draft pick. And full dis- disclosure, I think this might be the perfect guy to feud with the four horsemen. And no, it's not Dusty Rhodes, although he was considered. Uh, WCW is bringing back to Atlanta, Georgia, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, wow. That's a big pick. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see that version of Stone Cold in a WCW in the late 90s. Yeah, and this is a time-transported four horsemen from the 80s chucked into... Onto Monday Nitro against a time-transported Texas Rattlesnake. Um, you put Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin in his prime in the Dusty Rhodes role against the Four Horsemen. You could have something really special there. Yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see. Like The story sort of writes itself with like probably a lot of those horseman matches where they've got to go after each member one by one before they get to flare. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, full disclosure, I think your first two picks pretty much writes itself in the exact same way. Yeah. So for my second pick, I'm going to choose from 2017 Kurt Angle. All right. I think we've... 
figured out that the WWF is going to be the workhorse promotion in this one, I think. <laughs> You're going to have Kurt Angle, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, all in their pretty much their best years, all on the same promotion. Yeah, that's that's going to be something interesting. And then for you, Alex, where do you go next? Yeah, so... Oh, I'm a little bit torn on it. But... I'm going to have to do it. Uh, it. Consider this to be 1994 WCW and we're at the Disney MGM Studios. Out comes rolling a red and yellow Corvette and here comes Hulk Hogan. Yep. Hulk Hogan will be WCW's second singles draft pick. And ladies and gentlemen, I think this is going to be a really stacked uh, stacked rosters on both sides. Like, the fact that Hogan's going, well, technically sixth overall, that says something. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose it speaks to that we weren't... Uh children in the 80s watching as well we were watching in the mid to late 90s and the early 2000s yeah definitely now because you can pretty much pick any version of Kurt Angle right are you picking bald Kurt Angle or hair Kurt Angle uh, I guess probably bald Kurt Angle because that's when he was inducted <laughs> uh, yeah I guess because they like, there is different eras of Kurt Angle that you could sort of play around with, which should should provide you with some entertaining options in the fantasy booking. All right, so for your for the WWF, their third draft pick, Chris? Okay, so class of 2018, I choose Mark Henry. All right, interesting, interesting pick. Uh, he went a lot higher than I thought, but... Uh, it's a good pick, nonetheless. Someone who I don't think really got the um, the big run that he was capable of in the company. Yeah, 100%. Um, his, uh, let's like talk about that Salmon Jacket retirement speech. Jeez. Yeah, it was the anniversary of it not that long ago as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that should have went further than what it did, to be honest, but... Maybe you can right the wrongs of Mark Henry's career. Yes, who knows? <laughs> mm. And I am quietly jumping up and down because with WCW's third draft pick, I get what I wanted to join his mega power tag team partner. It is the macho man, Randy Savage. Oh, jeez, I completely forgot about Savage. <laughs> See the the ones who would um who've passed away and had uh, family or colleagues induct them. I sort of forget about that because you're not picturing them there accepting the award. So that's that's a really good steal. I did not did not remember. Uh, now, Hoggy, do you have the Wikipedia list of Hall of Famers in front of you? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. 
just making sure that you've actually got access and then you actually can say who's been inducted or else I'd kind of feel like I'm cheating. <laughs> no, no, I've got it there. So your fourth draft pick and your final draft pick of this particular round. There's so many good choices still left. Um, There's, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be quite easy for us to have 12 main event performers in our singles roster. Yeah, I'm going to choose someone who I think would be interesting to see what would happen if they were still around at the time. I'm going to choose the man who created the Hall of Fame. It all started with him, Andre the Giant. I'm already seeing a interesting matchup there for Andre with your last two picks. The world's strongest man against the world's largest man. Yeah, and be interesting to see like uh, Bret Hart as well because I don't think they had a match in uh, Andre's time there before Bret really established himself in the WWF. Imagine a um, baby face Andre the Giant getting messed with by a heelish DX. That could be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone could bring out a good match in Andre, it'd be Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart or even Kurt Angle that you've got on the, that list. Like I said, I think you've got the workhorse promotion. Going across to your WCW, what would be your final pick of the round? Yeah, so my strategy was pretty much to pick to with my first four draft picks to pick four guys for a potential four-on-four particular match in the future that is infamous with WCW to go up against the Horsemen. So, so far I've got Stone Cold, Hogan and Savage, full disclosure, probably going to become the Mega Powers at some point. And with my fourth draft pick of this round... We needed another sympathetic baby face to go up against the horseman. Uh, and every man, we are picking Mick Foley. Oh, you bugger. I thought I could wait another round. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking like how I was alluding to Stone Cold being in a Dusty Rhodes type role against the horseman. Well, eventually that feud will have to come to an end and then Mick Foley would be the perfect guy to slide into that role. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this one is going to be a bit harder to scroll up and down on the Wikipedia screen to find, but we're going to do six tag teams each. Now, it's tag teams... In particular, if there's, like, the free birds that got inducted as technically a four, you you could feasibly grab two out of that group and draft them with one tag team pick. Besides that, pretty much you can only draft groups of two. As simple as that sounds. And Hoggy, for your first pick. I'm going to go to... 2011 and draft the Legion of Doom or the Road Warriors. Mm. Hawk, Animal and their manager. Now, because they're all inducted, does their manager come with them? 
I guess technically, yeah, yeah, sure, you can have Paul Ellering. If they get inducted with a manager, you can have the manager. Fair enough. (laughs) You really just screwed me over something shocking. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't think it should be any surprise that the way I'm booking that I would have wanted the Road Warriors uh, straight away. But I think I'm going to go for my first pick. I'm going to go something a bit different. With my first draft pick in the tag team division, I will pick the Dudley. Yeah, that's a very good pick. Now, they weren't in WCW, were they? But they held the WCW Tag Team Championship under WWF, is that right? That is correct, yeah. They they got a quick run with the WCW titles during the invasion, much like how the Brothers of Destruction did, which is weird to say that The Undertaker and Kane held the WCW tag titles at one point. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so that'd be... That'd be a really good, uh, interesting match to see what they would have done in the in the nineties over there. Yeah, yeah, and and let's just make it clear, ladies and gentlemen. Like, even though like I'm WCW, you're WWF, we both have creative freedom to do whatever we want with our brands. So, full disclosure, I'm probably just going to do the Nitro format and the, just choose their pay-per-view names or whatever. But if you want, you can create your own names for shows or whatever. You don't have to follow the strict WWF formula if you want. After all, you are in full creative control of your company. So for my next pick, I'm going to go to 2015 and choose, I think, what is probably the only inductees from Australia or New Zealand Luke and Butch, the Bushwhackers. Uh, I was definitely hoping to steal them with a late pick. So you beat me to the punch there, and I am punished for it. And to be fair, the Bushwhackers, before they came to the WWF, were probably the innovators in tag team deathmatch wrestling. If you go back in history, kids, and... Type into your Google machine the sheep herders and check out some of the bloody brawls they had back in the days. Really? Death matches? Like barbed wire stuff in the early 80s. Like crazy. As someone who's only seen their WWF stuff, it's it's sort of hard to imagine these two big Kiwi blokes who go out and lick people's faces <laughs> to go around like, barbed wire death matches and that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely insane. Um, yeah, but if you have a look at... If you have a close look at their foreheads, it tells the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we go on to your pick next. Yes. Um, so for the second tag team of our tag team division... We draft here at WCW the Rock and Roll Express. A very good pick. Who is still wrestling to this day. <laughs> like, 
they were NWA tag champs like a few months ago. Yeah, it's it's hard to think that of probably all the picks that we've named so far, other than one or two are still active in WWF. They're the only ones who haven't been in that company for so long, but are still active. Yeah, insane. Absolutely insane. And doing Canadian destroyers nonetheless. It's one of those teams that, I think has just crossed the generations. No matter what era you've grown up watching wrestling, you've heard of Rock and Roll Express. Exactly. Like, if it wasn't for the Rock and Roll Express, like, you look at the the chain that it creates. The, the Rock and Roll Express creates the Rockers, which, you know, it creates arguably the Hardys, which arguably creates the Young Bucks, which creates AEW. Yeah, it's all, um, what is it, a butterfly effect. If you change one thing, something might have happened. Yeah, and, like, you look at the Rock and Roll Express, they were never even heels. Like, they were just baby faces their entire career, like, when they were together. I think um, in the early 90s in WCW, they did do a heel run for Ricky Morton as the dreaded Richard Morton. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was just part of this fancy corporate-type stable called the York Foundation uh, with the manager and leader of the group, Alexandra York, who would later go on to become more famous as Marlena and Terry Runnell. Oh, wow. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the area that I actually do have a fair bit of knowledge about. So from there, I'll go on to my third uh, pick for the tag teams. It's somebody I've already chosen as a singles wrestler, so I'm going to pick from the class of 2019, the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. Oh, you cheeky bugger. <laughs> That is very smart. Um, I'm just going to... What year did you say that was? Uh, 2019. Oh, oh, I'm spewing. Jimmy Hart didn't get inducted with him? Uh, No. So now you have the option to sort of swap Bret Hart's characters around. He can be singles Bret and he can be tag team Bret. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting. Something, Something I can definitely filter in and out of if I need. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> okay. Uh, with my third draft pick, I'm going to do something a little bit different here. I'm going to pick uh, two members of the Fabulous Freebirds who were a tag team together at certain points in their career, I'm going to pick the Freebirds of Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. Uh, what year was that? Sorry. Oh, sorry. From the 2016 Hall of Fame. Oh, that recent. Oh. It was kind of messed up that it took them so long to put the Freebirds in. Yeah, so class of 2016. Wow. That That's, yeah, that's a sleeper pick. I, w- I was looking through thinking the Freebirds went in early and I couldn't find them. Full disclosure, I just really wanted Terry Gordy on my roster. (laughs) Really want him. Now that you have those two, could I go back hypothetically and pick Buddy Roberts and Jimmy Garvin with my next pick? 
Hypothetically, you could. Okay. But I would say that that would almost be like drafting two Marty Genetis. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so Freebirds, that's an influential tag team you've seen across many generations. You've heard of the Freebird rule, be it in tag situations or even with singles belts. All right, so your fourth tag team draft pick for the WWF, Chris Hunt. Chris Hogg, the podium is yours, my man. Uh, With my fourth pick, I'm going to the class of 2009 and choosing the Funk Brothers, Terry and Dory Jr. Oh, damn. That's a a really good pick. That's, like, insanely good. You get... Yeah, um, a lot of younger fans might not appreciate that pick as much, but you've pretty much got two NWA world champions with one pick there, and they were a tag team at the prime of their careers as world champions as well. So, yeah, I cannot argue that. Then going across to WCW, your next pick. Yeah, so I'm going to... I'm going to have to pull something sneaky again and p- pick uh, two people from the same class of 2009. I'm going to draft Kevin and Kerry Von Erich, the Von Erichs. Yeah, that that's a good choice. That's where I was looking to go next, actually. Yeah, well, you had to let me have him. Come on, man. I've got the Freebirds. I've got to have some Von Erichs as well. Or well, one of the... Most talk about rivalries from uh, world class. The Freebirds and the Von Eriks. Um, I can't remember the exact name of the David A, but I have a David A like the WWE produced uh, about the history of world class championship wrestling. When I first got it, I was I was watching it every other week. It's one of the better bits of um Documentaries that the WWE has done, like pre the network, fantastic stuff. If anyone hasn't seen it, yeah. And to that point, I'm sort of surprised now. Those uh, DVD documentaries, like the the rise and fall of both WCW and ECW, aren't up on the network and other documentaries like that. That they have some, but yeah, not all of them. And you sort of have to search. It's not easy to find them on the network either, which is really annoying. Yeah, and the Von Erics, a lot of newer fans might know from Dark Side of the Ring and the, um, I suppose, the tragic sort of family history of the Von Erich family. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, as a kid, I, if I can speak frankly for a minute, I... Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I grew up during the Attitude Era and all that sort of stuff. But before the Attitude Era sort of kicked in, my dad, like, and my my Lola um, had a heap of videotapes from the late 80s, early 90s. And it was, like, all WWF stuff and, like, a little bit of WCW. But when I first saw, like, uh, match, I think it was Mr. Perfect versus the Texas Tornado Kevin Von, uh, Kerry Von Erich at SummerSlam. Dude, that dude just like 
blew my mind. I was obsessed with him as a kid. Like, all-time favorite guys. Yeah, it was called the the Tornado in uh, WWF at the time. Yeah, well, the theory behind that was um, in world-class championship wrestling, he was known as the modern-day warrior, Kerry Von Erich. And at the time Kerry Von Erich came into the WWF, they just changed his name to the Texas Tornado instead of the modern-day warrior because at the time they had the ultimate warrior on their roster and they'd also just brought in the Road Warriors, which they ended up renaming to the Legion of Doom. So they couldn't have... A third warrior. Yeah, they couldn't have, like, technically a fourth warrior on their screen. Yeah, so... Massive, um, massive runaway there. Um, your fifth tag team pick, mate. Yeah, I'm gonna go, go back to the class of 2019 and choose the WCW team of Harlem Heat, Booker T, and Stevie Ray. Yeah, I, I, I thought I could get away with taking them late too. Ah, oh, you cheeky, cheeky boy, mate. <laughs> That's a very good pick. Yeah, and be interesting to see them against like I've already got in there the Road Warriors. I've got you'd have New Age Outlaws with my DX pick, uh Heart Foundation in there as well. So it'd be some interesting hypothetical matchups there as well. Yeah, most definitely. There's some really good options there. Yeah, I'm gonna go really old school, like really old school with this tag team pick. I'm going to pick from the class of 2007, the Wild Samoans, because I need a couple of big, bad, angry men on my roster. Oh, I was hoping to leave them until my last pick. That's a very good pick. Yeah, yeah. Like, just uh, just a classic monster tag team that's that scared the bejesus out of everyone back in the 70s. And, yeah, aren't they the relatives of uh, Roman Reigns, current day in WWE? Uh, yes. Um, there's Arthur, who I believe is Roman's uncle, and there's Seeker, who was Roman's father. The um, Samoan sort of family in WWE is all uh, related to a degree, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy i suppose a lot of people wrestling is the family business yeah definitely um so i suppose my last pick of the tag team round yeah we're run, we've run out of options here haven't we? i can i can see two available options and it's sort of hard for me to choose between the two because honestly i haven't seen a lot of their work so i'm just going to pick the the team that i sort of no, I'm going to the class of 2008 for the Briscoe brothers, Jack and Gerald. Um, uh, Jay and... Oh, Jay and Mark. Jay and Mark, that's it. <laughs> uh, no, that... You got uh, the Funks and the Briscoes in one tag team division. I think you've done very well. Um... Yeah, I, I can't argue. Do you know much of the Briscoes in ring history? Because for myself, I only know about Gerald 
being like an on-screen stooge to Vince. Yeah, so uh, Gerald, uh, Jerry Briscoe and Jack Briscoe were pretty much like two like over like hot baby faces in the late sixties throughout the seventies. Uh, I think Jack Br- Jack Briscoe had a couple of lengthy runs with the NWA Championship. And Gerald Briscoe was more of the lower, ah, uh, more of the upper mid card sort of champion below his brother, and they just had fantastic matches with the Funks in the seventies. So you've actually got something. Oh wow! Don't know how I managed that, but okay. <laughs> I suppose we go on to the last pick of the tag team uh, rounds. With all due respect to the Blackjacks, I 100% thought about it, but you brought up an excellent point earlier, and I'd be stupid not to take advantage of it. My sixth draft pick is Buddy Roberts and Jimmy Garvin of the Fabulous Freebirds. Ooh, I did not expect you to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got all four Freebirds now. I sure do. Um slowly jumping up and down about that because I didn't even think about it until you brought it up, so thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a fabulous steal to undersell me on that and then take him in the last pick. <laughs> well, to be fair, to have Buddy Roberts and Jimmy Garvin without the other two is just... Uh, it's not much point in it. Yeah, it's, it's sort of your second... Uh, class tag team in the two tag teams of the Freebirds. Yeah, so now I've got now that I look at at it, I've got two massive heel factions here. I might have to put some serious thought into how I handle having two massive heel factions on one roster. So what round do we move on to next? Alright, let's do the next four Singles. Singles. So for my first pick of this round, I am going to choose from the class of 2005, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, you... Oh, I didn't even think of him. Oh, that's a steal. Yeah, that's a fantastic draft pick, mate. And an absolute steal at number five in the singles division. And where would you like to go next, Alex? So, coming to WCW, I, with my fifth draft pick, I pick from the 2007 Hall of Fame class, I pick Mr. Perfect. Yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping to pick him later, but uh, I think I'm quickly learning with this draft that if I want something, I better just go grab it while I can. Because I've already taken like five of your picks that you thought you could steal. <laughs> I definitely thought I had a good chance of like grab as silly as it sounds, grabbing Kurt Angle with like eleven or twelfth overall pick. <laughs> I th- I thought I would have got him late. So your sixth pick. Yeah, this is hard now. Um, so I'll go to the class of 2014 for. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, that's... 
Hooey, that's a really good pick. Um, the promos you could do, like you could book with Jake Roberts up against, like, if you did a babyface Jake up against DX, ooh, you got some gold there. Yeah, absolutely. Jake could just talk him into the building. He still does that to a degree. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. So my sixth singles draft pick. Oh, dear. You've really, you've really messed with me here now. Um, my sixth male draft pick is from the same Hall of Fame class, from the class of 2014. I picked the bad guy, Lesa Ramon. That's a good pick. Do you have yeah. both of um, Scott Hall now? No. No, I've got... I got the horseman. Ah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, I didn't get the NWO. I've got I've got Hogan and I've got Razor. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that out loud. I should not have said that out loud. I might have just said it myself. Uh, okay. Uh, so, all right, your seventh draft pick. Yeah, okay. Um from the class announced of twenty twenty, I'm going to choose Jushin Fundaliga. Oh, man, that's a steal. Yeah, that's a good pick. Like, even you go back through time and his time in WCW and the Cruiserweights, and he came back recently for that NXT match with Tyler. Yeah, that's that's a great... Uh, where do you go next, Alex? Yeah, so... um, I'm going to have to do it before you do it and screw me over here. Because remember, there are the potential for gimmick change cards down the road. So it could be helpful if I draft Kevin Nash from the 2015 class. I find it weird that Razor's in, like Scott Hall's inducted as Razor Ramon, but Kevin Nash is just inducted as Kevin Nash. Did he have another name when he was Diesel? Or was it just like it wasn't Diesel Kevin Nash? It was just Diesel? Yeah, it was just Diesel. Okay. Yeah, well, that one's a bit weird then. Yeah. So, um, do you remember that ceremony at all, though? Um, vaguely, I vaguely remember, um, I vaguely remember Macho Man's induction from the 2015 Hall of Fame, but I barely remember Kevin Nash. Yeah. And I know that Kevin Nash actually went on last, even though they've got Macho Man written here as the headliner they didn't headline it with the posthumous induction so they put kevin nash on live yeah i think that's just what wwe do for their tv presentation even though that person's the main inductee of the year uh yeah so yeah that's a bit weird these inducted as um nash what era would that be then would that be wcw nash i suppose I guess so. I, I guess I'm just going to go, like, I've just drafted, like, 96 WCW Kevin Nash. and Outside of Nash. Like, I've drafted... All right, let's, let's agree on something. All right. I've dr... I want to have, like, 97, 98 Kevin Nash, like, NWO... Wolfpack sort of era. Yep. Is that fine? Yeah, I, I suppose so, because he's inducted as 
himself and not as Diesel as you mentioned. So I suppose it's someone like um like a yeah Mick Foley who's open to interpretation of which gimmick you'd want to put him in to begin with. Yeah, yeah, and um, I suppose one day I might get lucky enough to draw a gimmick change card and be able to change Razor's gimmick so I can have the Outsiders. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Or maybe I could just do something weird with like Kevin Nash being a real person and Razor Ramon being a outlandish character. Kevin Nash like watching Razor Ramon matches and being like, "What are you doing with yourself, mate? Like, <laughs> what are you? Come on, man, you're not." So for my final pick of this round, I'm going to have to go back to the class of 2010 and choose from Japan Antonio Inoki. Oh, you've you've gotten some true Japanese royalty in your last two picks. Yeah, I figured I couldn't leave him on the table any longer. Yeah. Yeah, well Yeah, there are a couple of good picks there. I look forward to seeing what you do with Inoki on that roster. Yeah, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of great hypotheticals on here. It's just sitting down and planning it out. <laughs> uh, Bret Hart and Jushin Liger, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and for your final uh, singles pick of this round, Alex? Yes, uh, my eighth singles pick and final pick of this round is... Uh, Good friend with my number five pick, Mr. Perfect, also from Robbinsdale, Minnesota. Simply ravishing, ravishing Rick Rude from the 2000 and, well, hang on a second, 2017 Hall of Fame class. Jeez, it took him a while to put him in there. Wow, I completely forgot about him being in as well, but... That, that again, just goes to my point of um, the posthumous inductees I sort of forget because it's not them on the, um, on the podium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think uh, you may have just helped me think, <laughs> oh, I should just pick all the posthumous guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the end of the third round what do we move on to next alex all right uh we're gonna draft four female wrestlers now four women from the hall of fame like i said earlier there isn't exactly a large selection out there for either of us so i thought i'll just keep it to four each that way we can bring people in later on and all that sort of stuff. All right, you, your first female pick, my man. Um, jeez. Yeah, now looking through the Hall of Fame, you can see there's not a um, a lot of women's wrestlers that have been inducted. No, no, it's 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 kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. Um. If anything, you've got a good head start because you've already got China. So, you? I'll go to the class of 2010 for my first pick, and I'm going to choose Wendy Richter. 
Oh, that's a really good pick. Uh, Wendy Richter, absolute megastar in the late 80s when women's wrestlers being megastars just was a very foreign concept back then. Um, Infamously involved in a feud involving uh, Fabulous Muller, but also... um, having Cindy Lauper accompany her to the ring at the very first WrestleMania. Yes, and that's the one person, whenever they talk about the celebrity win, I always say Cindy should be inducted. Yeah, 100%. Because without her connection to the rock and wrestling um, era, they sort of wouldn't have gone on MTV and you can sort of see the explosion from there. But she sort of won. She came back a number of years ago when Pipe was still alive before they inducted Richter, I believe, and they did the record smash again. Yeah, they did it on Heath Slater. Yes, yes, that was it. Yeah, in the build-up to Raw 1000. That was actually really cool because she'd never been on Raw before. (laughs) Yeah, and she sort of... I feel like compared to some of the others in the celebrity wing, she's more deserving to be there considering what she did with her time associated with WWE or WWF. Yeah, there's a handful of celebrities that I feel like truly deserve their spots because of the impact they made with their appearances. Uh, Cindy Lauper's one of them, Mr. T's another one, Mike Tyson is the other one. Like, those three, like, they should be first ballot Celebrity Hall of Fame people and they like those three like two one of them's not in yet and the other two didn't get inducted until 2012 and 2013 uh no 2014 respectively let's not talk about 2013 oh yes that's that's a conversation better not spoken about So your sec uh your first sorry woman's pick yes uh my first uh, female draft pick uh, had to do it. It is Trish Stratus from the 2013 class. Yeah, she is synonymous with 90s women's wrestling in WWF. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, absolutely the pioneer of making women's wrestling important yeah in in the wwf trying to trying to break the mold that was set before where they were just the the side attraction so to speak they didn't have a lot of tv time they didn't get to wrestle like the men and her and uh lita were sort of the two that were trying to break the glass ceiling on that yeah yeah definitely uh your second female draft pick mate yeah i'm gonna go to the class of 20 15 and choose sort of another trailblazer in Alundra Blaze. Man, I was hoping you would think I was going to draft Lita so you would take Lita so I could get Alundra Blaze. <sighs> ah, you cheeky bugger. But you got a really good pick there. Yeah, and somebody who's career extends more than just beyond dropping a title in the bin on Nitro. Yeah, definitely. Like, legitimately look up, if you got a chance, look up, um, I think it was SummerSlam 94, 
Alundra Blaze versus Bull Nakano. Oh, my God. Just way ahead of their time in terms of, like, women's wrestling being, like, technically sound. Alundra Blaze's Northern Light Suplex is just a work of art. Like, insane. Yeah, and I suppose that goes to the point where they were trying to establish the women's division again in the early 90s, and then she left and... Vince sort of closed it down for a couple of years before trying to restart it later on in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So your second pick in the division. Yeah, so my second female pick, I had to do it. It's Lita. From the oh, 2014 class of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you've got a great title program there already and Trish and Lita. Or possibly that might all be a swerve, mate. We'll wait and see, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it might be too obvious to actually book straight away, I think. Yeah, for my next pick, I'm going to the class of 2016 to choose Jacqueline. Uh, that is a great pick, my man. Uh, Jacqueline was like... She was legitimately tough, and... Like, I recently watched her, like, st- like stiff the holy heck out of Disco Inferno on live pay-per-view and beat him. One, two, three. Like, just insane. In 96 or 97 WCW. Like, yeah, she's... She was more comfortable wrestling blokes than she was women because she could actually unload on them a bit more. Yeah, and... Didn't she have some time with, um, like, was it NWA previously before being a Nitro girl? Jacqueline. Yeah, was it her or was it one of the other? Jacqueline was never a Nitro girl. She was, like, always a wrestler. See, this is where my WCW history lacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. Uh, J- Jacqueline probably most famous for her run in WWF in the... Late 90s, early 2000s, where she was part of the, I don't know if it's cancelled yet or not in with 2020 eyes, but she was part of the group PMS with Terry Runnels. And um, she also was a the first ever female WWE Cruiserweight Champion, beating Chavo Guerrero for the title in... 03 or 04, something like that. That's what I'm thinking of, her cruiserweight win. I couldn't remember when exactly it was, and I'm thinking WCW from there. My apologies. That's all right. Yeah, um, some of us actually have lives and decide not to remember stupid wrestling trivia. Me, on the other hand, uh-uh. Um, so your third pick of the women's division. Yeah, so my third female draft pick is uh, actually one of my favourites, Beth Phoenix from the 2017 class of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, wow. It took her... How long had she been retired at that point? Um, Because she sort of came back, like, every now and then for, like, a Rumble or, or like, the Evolution pay-per-view. Yeah, but this was before all that. Oh, yeah, that... First Women's Rumble might have been that year or the year after. Yeah, it might have been, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, (laughs) 
But yeah, she'd been retired from about I think it was like 2013 or 2012, maybe. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, she's one of the, like even though that's a decent amount of time, like still pretty quick compared to other people. And I think um like it might have been questionable whether she did go in at that point in time, but it's no question that she is a deserved Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Yeah, there might have been like women that des- might have you might have expected to go in before her, but now she's definitely a deserving uh, Hall of Famer and just an absolute beast in that ring too. I'd have to agree. Um, so for my Final pick, I'm going to choose a more recent induction in the Bella Twins from the class to be inducted in 2020. So you're getting both? Both Nikki and Brie. I guess that counts. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I thought you could... I thought I was only going to draft one of them. You cheeky bug. But yeah, I think for looking at the women's division after you had like um Beth Leave and a lot of the women who are around in the mid to late two thousands before twenty ten. The Bella twins were sort of there for that long that they were synonymous with that division. Yeah, hundred percent. Um I know that the Bellas aren't the most popular wrestlers in terms of the average internet wrestling fan, but I'll happily die on the hill of Nikki Bella's actually a fantastic wrestler. I'm happy to die on that hill. Like, I think she's amazing. But I think, like, her development, especially over the last couple of years of her career, was just insane. Like, she was just a completely another level. Fantastic. And, um... Yeah, she was definitely one of my favourites. As I always said to my mate, Wok, I here comes the queen of strong style because it just annoyed him that I that I kept referring to Nikki Bella as a legitimate, like, Japanese strong style wrestler <laughs> <laughs> because of her forearm she does. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, it's, it's the signature trait of a Japanese strong style wrestler. She's got the forearm. Bloodsport 2021 <laughs> women's match Nikki Bella book it. <laughs> so for your final women's pick. Yeah, so my one, I honestly completely forgot to pick her earlier. Luckily I just remembered because you ruined my plan. Uh, I pick the sensational Sherry. A fantastic uh, female wrestler before coming to the WWF where she eventually was just uh, mainly put in managerial roles. But Sherry in in the first couple of years of her WWF run was wrestling in the WWF. But then she got moved to a managerial role because basically there wasn't a women's division left. So so she became the sensational queen for Macho Man, hint, hint. And she um, managed many, many a wrestler. Yeah, I 
I've got to admit, I wasn't aware of Sherry being a in-ring competitor. I'm just more familiar with her time as Macho's manager. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and if you're like me, you might actually be nostalgic for Sensational Sherry as the Harlem Heat manager. So you wanted to make sure Hoggy didn't have a chance to think of that, so you drafted her now. Bugger. Yeah, I was going to draft her later on in the manager's rounds. <laughs> Good steal. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was either no offence to Tory Wilson. I thought about Ivory as well, but thought... Why not have a loud character like Sensational Sherry in the ring? Like she, she had a match of Mania once. You know, her and um, Macho Man teaming up against Dusty and Sapphire, and that isn't much of a statement to Sherry's wrestling abilities. Oh wow! Yeah. So now we move on to the final four singles draft pick. So I just want to ask you this with the uh recent addition of a legacy wing you can pick anyone off that so that would be included in this round of male competitors as well yeah you can pick anyone off that okay all right um i'm trying to i'm trying to think of who you're thinking of yeah as long as they're oh i think i know who you've thought of um, yeah, as long as they're actually a wrestler. Okay. Like, I don't think you, I'm going to allow you to pick Jim Barnett to be a wrestler and go up against Mark Henry on your next card. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so your ninth singles pick, my man. There's... There's so many good wrestlers left, it's just hard to sort of narrow it down. Right? It's, like, really tough. And then it's sort of also choosing, oh, which ones sort of complement what I've already chosen now, because this is my last <laughs> last round of uh, choices here. Yeah, 100%. I'll go to the class of 2012, and I'm going to choose... Mil Mascarez. That is, you've got such a, you've got such a crazy work rate roster going on, and like all sorts of spectrums as well. Yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, and now that I've got him, I can sort of have a junior heavyweight or a light heavyweight or a cruiserweight sort of division with more than one or two people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I'm probably not going to go in the cruiserweight route now that I look at what I've got. I've yes. got a lot of big boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, how didn't I do this earlier? Uh, for my ninth uh, singles draft pick, WCW drafts a name synonymous with WCW. I draft... Sting. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> I was trying to leave that until the last pick. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, I've got Sting and Hogan. I've got Sting and Flair. I've got Sting and technically Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. 
I've got a lot of options there, ladies and gentlemen. And WI Wolfpack Sting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, I'm just going to pick him to be TNA Joker Sting. Oh, yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> There's a segment where he's in Bischoff's office and he's got a crow and he opens the cage and the crow just lands on Bischoff's laptop and he's just looking at it like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I remember that. Oh, I remember that vividly, actually. God, TNA. Right, Let's do a well, TNA Hall of Fame draft next. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, well, um, Sting's in there. Anyone drafted any TNA Hall of Famers? I've Sting, drafted Angle. Yeah, you've drafted Angle. I've got the Dudleys there in the TNA Hall of Fame. Yeah, you've got one. I've got. Uh, Three TNA Hall of Famers. So who have I got? I've got Angle. Who have you got? Sting and both members of the Dudleys. Team 3D, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Brother Ray. Brother Devon. Brother Runt. Oh, forgot about Brother Runt. Oh, gross. All right. We've, we've gone way off track here. All right, Hoggy. WWF's 10th overall draft pick in the singles division. Who have you got? On the theme of TNA, I'm going to pick J A R R E T Jeff Jarrett. Because <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking after our chat, too. Yep, I was. Now I've got Jarrett and China. <laughs> You're going to have a good housekeeping, Matt? No, I was thinking more or less, didn't they feud and then it resulted, oh, sugar, he's not in the Hall of Fame. I was going to say Jericho, but he's not in there. No. Oh. Okay, well, that completely blows that plan. I was going to say, do you remember that match they had? Um, China eventually beat Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental title. It was Jarrett's last WWF match. It was called a good housekeeping match. They just had random stuff from like, there was like an ironing board and iron and like baby powder and just random household appliances laying around the ring. Russo, you've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think Russo had just left WWE at that point in time and that's why Jeff Jarrett was leaving to follow. Oh, to WCW. Yeah, to follow the only guy besides himself that actually put a belt on Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> My 10th draft pick, and I, I feel a bit weird drafting him because, well, technically he is on the current roster, but he is in the Hall of Fame. From the class of 2012, I draft the rated R Super. Buster Edge. Drafting the Edge. That's a very good pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just looking at it and I was like, I need a couple of more heels. Um, and Edge can probably play both roles very well. Yeah, now looking at that in my roster, maybe not. <laughs> I think I've left myself a bit lopsided here on the divide. Yeah, my main goal is sort of like, Try to pick a few guys that can play either role really well so you've got options. You think of that triple threat uh, TLC ladder match at WrestleMania and so far Edge and the Dudleys are the only two in there. 
Christian, for whatever reason, hasn't been inducted yet. Ah, well, because he just ha- he just had a match on Raw. Of course, he can't. Uh, yeah. And then Jeff probably will be one day inducted as a singles, and Matt's obviously not going to happen while he's with the competition. Yeah. Now, where do I go from there? Yeah, so just to put even more pressure on you, uh, the 11th draft pick from the WWF, Chris Hogg, chooses... I was going to say The Rock, but he's never been inducted, has he? No, he's not in. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I, I honestly, like, when I came up with this idea in my head, I was like, I want Stone Cold and Hogan. And I want The Rock versus Sting. And no, it's not even possible. I completely forgot Rock's not even in it. Oh, man. Um, Okay. Let's go to the class of 2005, and I'm going to choose the Iron Chick. That is a fantastic pick. Uh, He will be... A fantastic matchup for a certain American hero you have on your roster, I think. Another, and he is someone that also has Olympic experience. So yeah, it's weird that they only ever say like um, Angle and now Ronda were at the Olympics, and you think oh, it wasn't um, Mark, oh, and Mark Henry's the third one they mention, and. Who's the, um, go ahead. I think they only mention, like, people that competed for America in the Olympics, which is kind of weird. Because Iron Sheik, like, I think he might have even won bronze or silver for Iran back in the day, but yeah. And then you think of, um, Dan Severin, who was on their TV at the time as NWA and UFC champion, and they don't mention that. Yeah, exactly. Ah, such a weird company. Selective history, I guess. Yeah, 100%. So for your 11th singles pick, where do you go? Yeah, so I am going to the 2006 class of the Hall of Fame. I'm going to pick probably the best in-ring wrestler of the past 15, 20 years. I pick Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, I was hoping to get him next. That's a really good pick late. Yeah, uh, I only just saw it as I scrolled, and I was like, oh, how hasn't this been mentioned? Yeah, there's so many picks that are left on the table that you go, oh, why wasn't this one chosen, or how did we leave that? And that's a another one when you're thinking, how, how did we leave that one on the table? And yeah, I was hoping hoping to get him next so I could have him with Liger and Mil Marasquez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Left him just too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the main reason, like, because uh, I was mainly thinking, like, oh, I'll go early nineties, like eighties, like maybe a little bit of Attitude Era. But then I was like, all right, I'll go Edge, and that that made me think of. Oh, who else from Edge's era got inducted? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's sort of another one that I forget again because when I picture the Hall of Fame ceremonies, I 
don't picture them there because they've uh, uh, passed away. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wait. Was Eddie alive at that time? No. 2006? No, he passed away in November 2005. Uh, November 15, 2005, if you're in America, but if you're like me, it is November 14, 2005 in Australia, which just happened to be my birthday. And Eddie was one of my favourites at the time, so that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm only asking just because on the, the main article here, he's not listed as a, um, a posthumous inductee. Sorry, can I correct myself quickly? November 13 in America, not November 15. Yeah, yeah, it's a time difference that gets us. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, I wasn't sure if he was posthumous or not because it's not listed on the on the main page here that we're looking from as we're making the picks. Um, I might be... Oh, no, he didn't headline that show either. Bret Hart did. Um, yeah... But I just remember that particular Hall of Fame ceremony itself was just, it's a really good watch, like even with 2020 eyes. It's a great watch, the 2006 Hall of Fame. So from there, for my final uh, male pick, my 12th male pick overall, I am going back to the class of 2009, and I'm going to choose someone who's synonymous with bright colours and high-flying, and I'm going to choose... No. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, my God, I thought you were going to pick Coco Beware for a second. (laughs) Were you deliberately trying to tease me that you were going to pick Coco Beware? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what's he doing? Is he... Does he actually not want to book a good show? (laughs) Hey, Coco was fun. Yeah, yeah, well, you know if a babyface's description is, he just likes to have fun, but you got an in-depth character there. That's all of WWE nowadays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He likes to have fun, or if you're a heel, he's sick of the hypocrisy of you fans. <laughs> yes, it seems to be very much that way. Um... Yeah, so another another high flyer there I can pair with Mascarez and Thunder uh, Liger, someone I think who I can sort of build a light or a junior heavyweight around. Yeah, that is a really, really good pick. Um, definitely, I kicked the tyres on picking him earlier, but... Um, like I said, I'm looking for people that can be uh, flexible in the face-heel alignment, and Ricky Steamboat's notorious for only being a face, but that is a sensational draft pick. Absolute travesty that uh, neither one of us picked, picked him until the last pick, to be honest. So for your final male pick and your 12th overall, where do you go? Yeah, um... So WCW is going to pick with their 12th overall draft pick in the singles division from parts unknown, 
The Ultimate Warrior. Oh, wow. That's the one I did not expect you to pick. Yeah, that was literally a last-second decision, but I've got Sting and Warrior and the Mega Powers, two of the... Uh, well, you got four guys there that are synonymous as being top guys and forming mega tag teams with another person, Sting and Warrior being the Blade Runners back in the day. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good good pick I didn't think of. There's something I could do there. There's definitely something I could do there. <laughs> are you hinting at what I think you're hinting? <laughs> I might be hinting on purpose to swerve. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, Fair I'm enough. I'm thinking someone might not be as colourful as... His former tag team part. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so that's... That is the singles portion. Um, all right, I'm going to do a quick rundown of the draft picks thus far. Uh, WWF drafted the faction DX, and then in the singles division drafted Bret Hart, Kurt Angle, Mark Henry, Andre the Giant, Roddy Piper... Jake Roberts, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Antonio Inoki. And oof, Mil Mascaris, Je- Jeff Jarrett, the Iron Sheik, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in the singles division. And in their tag team divisions, they have you, Chris, drafted the Legion of Doom, the Bushwhackers, the Heart Foundation, Terry and Dory Funk Jr., the Funk Brothers, Harlem Heat, and Jack and Jerry, the Briscoe Brothers. And in your women's division, you have Wendy Richter, Alundra Blaze, Jacqueline, and the Bella Twins. Which, oh, you've got six women. You jerk. <laughs> if you want to make a trade now, I'll make a trade with you for the Bella Twins. So it's five and five. No, I'll think about it. Okay. I'll think about it. So what does WCW have? All right, we've got the faction of the Four Horsemen and in the singles division, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, Mick Foley, Mr. Perfect, Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash, Ravishing Rick Rude, Sting... Edge, Eddie Guerrero, and the Ultimate Warrior. In WCW's tag team division, Dudley Boys, the Rock and Roll Express, the Freebirds of Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy, Kevin and Kerry Von Erich, the Wild Samoans, and the Freebirds of Buddy Roberts and Jimmy Jam Garvin, completing the Freebird faction. And in WCW's women's division is Trish Stratus, Lita, Beth Phoenix, and the sensational Sherry. And now, to round off this uh, draft, we will pick four non-wrestling personalities. So if you want to pick four managers, go ahead you want to pick a couple of commentators, that's probably a good idea. 
You are booking a television program. Um, yeah. So, your pick, mate. Ooh. Um, okay, so for my first pick, I'm going to the class of 2018, and the legacy wing I'm picking Lord Alfred Hayes as my commentator. That was a very possible pick on my end. All right, so WCW with their very first uh, non-wrestling personality pick picks from the 1994 class of the Hall of Fame. We choose... The late, great Gorilla Monsoon. Great choice. Yeah, I think that's going to be the voice of all the action on our product. Oh, man. This is where it starts to get hard. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So for my second choice, I'm going to choose from the class of 1996, Captain Lou Albano. Oh, that's a good pick. All right, with WCW's second non-wrestling personality pick, I picked from the 2004 class of the Hall of Fame, probably the greatest manager that ever lived and also one of the best colour commentators of all time, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yep, you've got my my dream commentary team together. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised no one... Oh, no, I won't say that yet. (laughs) That's never a good way to to start a sentence in this situation. Yeah, but, yeah, Bobby, um, both a manager and a a commentator, is a really, really good choice. Yeah. And, yeah, that provides a lot of flexibility there. I'll just ask before I name my next choice. If I pick someone who was inducted as a wrestler but was also a manager later in their career, can I choose them now as a manager? Yes. Okay. But they can't wrestle on my show? No. Okay. Unless some card you draw later on might help you out with that. Like a manager's match or something like that? Oh, something like that, yeah. If you book them like a manager, they can wrestle. Like... It, like, because I've got Bobby Heenan, like, I could probably book him versus the Ultimate Warrior in a weasel suit match like they did. <laughs> but I'm not going to book him in the main event for the world title in a 60-minute yeah. Iron Man, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was looking at um, my list, but I don't think I'll induct him. Or draft, induct draft. Think? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think he was already inducted. <laughs> Considering we're looking at a list of inductees. I'm looking at the Hall of Fame list right now, and two of the best announcers of, well, the most revered, like, play-by-play commentators of all time haven't been picked. I know. Um, (laughs) No, he wasn't a manager. See, this is where it starts to get a bit harder. I could pick a celebrity... If you but want, yeah. But then it's like, what impact am I going to have on that celebrity and what use am I going to get out of them in the long run? Yeah, look at my <laughs> I could, non-wrestling personality. I could pick a certain celebrity and have half the people no-show my show. 
<laughs> that would be huge. <laughs> yes. Um. Um. Yeah, you know what? He's recently come back to to wrestling, so I'm going to the class of 2012, picking a celebrity in on Mike Tyson. That's fun. That that's really fun. And his connection with DX, I think, will lend itself to a uh, bit more um yeah use than any other celebrity I have, other than if I was to pick a certain one, maybe one other person. Mm. Well, with that being said, that's a really good pick. I'm going to continue uh, drafting people for their use behind the broadcast table because I may have just swerved you with the Bobby Heenan pick because I have no intentions of using him in a commentating capacity. I, with my third non-wrestling pick, pick my colour commentator from the class of 2004 as well. Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh my god, that is such a good pick. You forget that Ventura was a commentator for so long. Yeah. Well, like, so long ago, I mean. Yeah, so, like, how I was talking about I grew up on those, like, VHS tapes from the WWF. Um, Jesse Ventura and Bobby Heenan, they were the voices on those VHS tapes. Like, they were the guys I grew up, like, abusing my favourites. Oh, man, that's such a good pick, you bugger. <laughs> um, I'm tossing up here now between my final pick. I can pick... Oh, I'm looking at either... There's options there, man. Yeah, I know, there's... I'm just looking, but I don't think this person ever did commentary as far as I can tell. Uh, if you're thinking of a certain someone that... Uh, actually, no, you could be thinking of someone else. I'm not even going to bother. Mm. Just just make your pick, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, with my final pick, choose from the... Legacy wing class of 2019, Jim Barnett. Oh, that's a good pick. Now, I don't know where that leaves my commentary as such, but... <laughs> you could easily have a commentary crew of Captain Lou and Lord Alf. Heroes of Wrestling, Lou? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You could have Mac Tyson on commentary. <laughs> oh, jeez, no, he's... he's yeah. That's why I was umming and ahhing about Barnett. As far as I can tell, he's more of a behind-the-scenes sort of person. So I'm not yeah, sure if I'd also, be able to... Also, he was quite a flamboyant, uh, egomaniacal human. So I can see him putting himself on camera. Yeah. So... To... Finish off WCW's side of the draft. The fourth and final non-wrestling personality pick for WCW is the one and only from the class of 2006, 
Mean Gene Okerlund. Mean Gene was inducted? In 2006. That long ago. Oh, wow. That is a good pick. I may have just destroyed you on the non-wrestling personality side of things. Yes. But it's all in terms of booking. I do have the opportunity to book the phrase, well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I have the chance of booking that. Um, I do have someone that would go well with your number four draft pick that I would be interested and open to trade. Ooh. Would you like to discuss a trade now or save it for the next time we're talking? We could save it for off-air and then update the humans. Uh, <laughs> the... The humans. All right, that's what I'm calling our listeners from now on. The humans. I will update you, humans, on the next podcast. Fair enough. Humans. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm just looking over, like, headliners, and there's one I thought for sure you would have taken. So I think you still have the page open. Just scroll on back to the class of 2018. Uh, Are you talking about a man called Bill? Yes. Yeah. um, I 1,000% had a game plan going into this that I was going to draft Bill Goldberg and Batista. And I was going to have them in a feud and they would have matches constantly, but the matches would always result in, like, double count-out, double D, stuff like that. And they would end up being a tag team. But uh, I saw the list of Hall of Famers. I was like, yeah, I don't think I need those guys. We can save it for the next supplementary draft or something. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely an option. Draw a card where it says one of our wrestlers has quit and it says draw from a deck which wrestler has quit and then we have to draft someone new. That's actually a really good idea. Someone has no-showed and quit. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, someone refused to, to lose a match tonight so they decided to no-show and leave and jump ship. Someone has jumped ship to the other promotion while champion. <laughs> That's oh. a worst-case scenario. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't worry, I have a Lundra bike, so there's all the chance in the world that'll happen again. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I've got WCW, so... So if anyone's jumping ship with a title belt, it's probably with me. <laughs> So, anything else to sort of discuss? We'll sort of just plan over the next month and come back on month on air and run down what we've got in terms of what do you want, like a, um, a what do you say, a TV show or a, a pay-per-view event to run through with the listeners? Or do we um do we do TV shows every week or do we? Just reference TV shows in the build-up and just talk about the pay-per-views. How about we start off with a pay-per-view? So we're just starting off with a clean slate from a pay-per-view and then we can discuss TV in the weeks in between each podcast. Yeah, that sounds good. So it'll be like 
Bischoff's idea for WCW, the Big Bang coming back after a hiatus. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's not a bad idea. Um, you can be as creative as you want with the performers you have. I think is the best way to put it. Uh, no limit on titles or stipulation matches or anything like that. Nah, no, none of those limits. Um, I think you, you run the risk of burning your audience out very quickly if you fill up your first pay per view with gimmick matches. But so I can't do a, a lockdown pay per view. <laughs> you can if you want. Like, uh, um, um, so is there a minimum of matches we should set for a pay per view or? Like a takeover level number of five at least, and if we want to go for more, we can. I think you've got enough people to do a lot more than five. We yeah. both do. Um, I think you should go minimum eight, maximum 12. Yep. And yeah. if I want, do I... Like, because we're both using WWF and WCW. Yeah, you we're can using use, reuse like an old pay per view name or something like that. And title belts around the time, sort of thing. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm honestly just going to reuse the WCW titles, that sort of thing. I'm going to reuse the big gold and the technically. Because you're the WWF, WWE, you could use the big gold as well if you wanted. But oh, um, I was thinking more the um, the Triple H, like two thousands yeah. belt. The was what they call it, the big cookie. <laughs> the big cookie. <laughs> That's what I've seen. <laughs> the big cookie. <laughs> That's what I've seen people refer to it as in belt groups. Big gold on uh, the big eagle. <laughs> Sometimes they call it that. The yeah, because there's a winged eagle or the big eagle. Look at your screen, by the way, Chris. Oh yeah, you've got one. You bastard. <laughs> yeah, I've just got a big cookie here. I had a subway sandwich earlier, so no, no better way to finish off a subway sandwich than with a big cookie. <laughs> I'll just use one of these ones instead. Alright, try fitting that cruiserweight title around Andre the Giant then. <laughs> Andre? Jeez. What are we doing? TNA X Division rules for my cruiserweights. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, let's plan out a card. We'll um, not say anything and then we can just go through it on air in about a month's time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, um, yeah, if you want, we'll just do pay-per-views on this podcast, but if you want, like, after this first episode, which is obviously the big debuts of our promotions, but like, say, episode three or episode four or whatever, if you want, you can detail a couple of things that happened on the TV show. Yeah, sounds good. Um, um, this has been really, really fun. Yeah, I think it's something we we needed 
just considering everything that's going on in the week. Um, so later on in the week, we will be back to run through um, March. Uh, we'll talk more about current events on there briefly. Um, and until then, you can follow me on Twitter at I am Chris Funder. Alex? At Fruity is Alex. And we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye, humans. Farewell, humans.